Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to this week's episode of The Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. It's so glad you could join me again. And we are fast approaching the end of October. And I must admit, when people start getting excited about the end of the year and a brand new year, and they're like, oh, this year was rubbish and bring on a new year, I often think, well, if you keep doing what you've always done, you can keep getting what you've always got, and your next year is going to be the same as the next. But 2020 has definitely been a unique and different and special year. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me refer to it as a cocoon year, where we've gone in like a caterpillar into the darkness, and we've been facing a lot of different issues. And for many of us on an individual basis, we've had to pivot and transform our lives. And hopefully, we're able to take what we learned in 2020, realize what's important to us. I think people are realizing how important relationships are, and you know some really important aspects of their life that maybe get neglected because of the overwhelm of work and errands and demands on our life. And hopefully 2021 will be our butterfly year or our phoenix year where we can rise from the ashes or break out of that darkness in the cocoon and head towards that freedom and that paradise. And over the next few weeks, we'll be tackling different things that look at that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're getting to the end of October. And at the end of October is a very exciting time that a lot of people get excited about. Now, I'm going to disappoint a few people for a moment. It's not Halloween. What do you mean it's not Halloween? Halloween's October the 31st. Well, is it? Let's go back a little bit. And we're going to dive into this in next week's episode in a full kind of exploration. But Halloween is based on a pagan festival called Samhain. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. And I'll go through the history next week of how, basically, we had these pagan festivals that were celebrations of different aspects and times in nature. And then when Christianity kind of swept through Europe, they laid their festivals and their celebrations on top. So Samhain is traditionally halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. So if you're in the southern hemisphere, we're nowhere near Samhain or Halloween. And... Yes, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you are close to that date, but it varies from year to year. And this year in 2020, it's actually on November the 7th. That is when your official Halloween is. This is a time when actually the gateway between our world and other worlds is said to be at its thinnest, the veil. And so this is when you can connect with those that are past, connect with spirits, connect with angels, ascended masters, all these different things. And as I said, that's what we're going to dive into next week. So some people argue, well, no, October 31st is the date that's been chosen and that's when we can celebrate it. And if that's when you want to celebrate it, hey, I'm not going to be a total party pooper in that type of thing. 
I guess, you know, even though I'm only 41, I feel like an old man being very, you know, that's not the tradition. And what really is important to me, and it may be important to you, may not be, but what's really important to me is working with the cycles of nature. And so for me, my celebration of Samhain or Halloween is that exact date that is halfway between the winter solstice and the autumn equinox. The Gregorian calendar is not an exact match to what is actually happening in nature. The Gregorian calendar and October the 31st is a man-made date, whereas the cycles of nature, they were predetermined long before humanity was probably even counting days and um, conscious of the sun and moon moving around and all those different types of things. Of course, in the um, Southern Hemisphere, we're actually going to be celebrating, and we will explore this in next week's episode as well, Beltane, which is a festival of love, which is halfway between the spring equinox, which we had recently, and the summer solstice, which we're heading towards near the end of December. So, why am I excited about the end of the month? Well, at the end of the month, we will have a second full moon in the month. This is often referred to as a blue moon. Now, some people get really excited. I have seen some posts on social media going, look in the sky tonight because the moon will turn blue. It actually will not. It's not like a blood moon where there is an eclipse and you get that red shading over the moon. The moon, I'm sorry, is not going to go blue. The term is actually comes all the way back from the 16th century. And it was kind of a term that was used, you know, oh, that'll happen when pigs fly. That'll happen when the moon turns blue. Do you know It's very unlikely. Thing. But it's kind of been adopted, and it used to be referred to as the fourth moon within a season. So spring, autumn, summer, fall, all that type of thing. But it's actually kind of evolved over time now to mean a second full moon in the same calendar month. So we are kind of adhering to that Gregorian calendar that I slagged it off a minute ago. But it can also mean a second full moon in the same zodiac sign. So you can take your pick. So this full moon is going to be, we had one on the 1st of October, and now we've got one at the very end of October, 30, 31st, depending on where you are around the world, um, and just when the moon hits that full point. So what does this mean for us? Well, normally each full moon has a different energy. Well, that has two different energies. It's impacted by the zodiac sign that it is in, and is impacted by the month that it is in, because that is normally marks the seasonal kind of um, energies that are around. And many indigenous and native cultures all around the world have named each moon not so much by which zodiac sign it's in, but by what's happening. And if you're interested in learning more about this, coming up in a few weeks, and I'll put the link down in my show notes, there will actually be, um, I've got a brand new, working with the moon course coming up which you can do it's an online course you can do in your own time video lectures and all that jazz and we're going to expand on this a lot more that i can do in just one hour but basically the local and indigenous and native people would name full moons like the snow full moon or the wind full moon or the planting full moon or the wolf full moon and it was based more on what was happening in nature which of course for myself and maybe for you as well, those of us that really resonate with the cycles of nature and living in harmony with them, identifying the moons and the energies and what we do on those full moons with what's actually happening out in nature is a really beautiful thing to do. 
So the blue full moon can pop up at any time. It's just to do with where our calendar is and, you know, the, again, the moon does its thing and we we map our time in different ways. So the blue full moon is kind of like you get an extra moon. It's a bonus moon. You know, you can have a blue full moon in October and then a few years later you might have one in May and then the next one you might have one in January. And so you can kind of, there's no real strict seasonal tradition for this one. So it is like a bonus full moon. In this episode, what I want to do is I want to kind of explore some things that you might want to do on the evening of the f- blue full moon. Of course, we're going to talk about some crystals and some essential oils. And then we're also going to dive into a mythical being. It may have a horn after the break that has a special connection to the blue moon as well. So the blue moon this year and we don't get a blue moon every year, so it's a special occasion once every few years or so. The blue moon is on October the 31st in the sign of Taurus. So what I recommend on the blue moon is, hey, you've got a b- bonus moon. Let's really just capitalize on that general full moon energy that we love. So the full moon energy has a very motherly energy. The moon cycles are often associated with the cycles of a woman's life. And the new moon represents a woman or a young girl in her maiden stage. And this term maiden refers to a young girl born, innocent, whole life ahead of her, just like the full lunar cycle is ahead of her. She is yet to um, start her moon cycle or her period. And so there's all that anticipation and excitement. And that's kind of the energy we want to kind of capture on a new moon. This is where we'd work with an oil like a green mandarin, which is an unripe fruit yet to fully realize. As we come to the full moon, this is known as the mother stage of the moon and of a woman's life. This is when she is then fertile. She is having her moon cycle. She's able to birth children. And so during the full moon, this is why we do all our magical work, our spell work, our creative visualization, our manifestation, our healing, all the different things. Because of the fertility of this energy, this is when we We have the power, we have the energy, we have the physiological ability to create babies, but also create things in life. This is when we're out working in the world. Think about many of us, you know, this is our middle age. This is, I'm in the mother stage of my life, although yes, I'm a man. Um, So I'm out there achieving, doing all that type of thing as well. And you know, when we're looking at essential oils, often the yellow mandarin. So it's still, we're still fully realizing ourselves and discovering ourselves in the world. And the yellow mandarin is a semi-ripe essential oil then after the full moon obviously the moon starts to wane and comes in to the dark of the moon when we can hardly see it just before we get that new moon again and this is known as the crone stage now some people find that a real derogatory or an insulting term for an older woman but in my um in my training and my background the crone was actually seen as an honored position um, it was not kind of saying, oh, it's an old biddy, it's an old granny or something like that. This is a wise woman who has been through all of life. She has experienced life. She's gained wisdom. She is no longer fertile. So she's gone through menopause, but she has learned her lessons and she has lived a full life. And that is represented by red Mandarin essential oil. So this is kind of a, um, a really interesting aspect here of where where we're all heading you know it, she is near death she often um is the the crone stage represents being comfortable with death being comfortable with life being happy grateful but not kind of like irrelevant 
which sometimes in society we will say, oh, well, old people aren't relevant anymore. We'll just, you know, we'll go for them once a month. No, it's about that wisdom, that wisdom. And if we don't listen to that wisdom, if we don't tune into that wisdom, then we, we keep on making the same mistakes generation after generation. Now, not only do we go through this cycle throughout our lives from a young child to being elderly, but we also go through it in, in a relationship. Think about the excitement of a new relationship. Think about, you know, and then the ending of a relationship. Think about a job. Think about anything in your life. Think about even your day. We wake up excited about the day and by the end, <laughs> we've learned a few lessons and that type of thing as well. So the full moon energy is that mothering energy. This is our ability to birth new things that we want to birth into the world. And also, it is a time to stop for a second and nurture that as well. I want to remind you that when a mother births a child, she doesn't just birth it, then go, okay, Tiger, you're on your own, and leave them at the hospital, and hopefully they come visit you. No. A mother will take the child home and nurture it and feed it and give it warmth and love and educate it, and, you know, spend 18 or maybe even more years than that helping that child to become up to its full moon stage in its life as well, when it is fully independent, and then producing and creating different things in the world as well. So the full moon energy is a time to stop. It's not about just kind of throw your wish out the window and then go to bed kind of thing on the full moon. It's very much about stopping and making sure you dedicate some energy to nurturing and sending that wish out into the universe. As we know, each full moon, when we look up into the sky, will have a background, depending on where it is in the sky, of one of the uh, 12 zodiac signs. And that is why you'll hear things like the full moon is in Taurus. And in fact, this full moon is in Taurus. When we are familiar with the zodiac signs, we're often very familiar with, oh, well, I'm a Gemini, you're a Leo, we know people's star signs and that type of thing. But the star signs also represent 12 different aspects of our lives. And we've talked about this in past podcasts about how when the full moon is in each of the zodiac signs, it is a great chance to focus on that aspect of our lives. Because if we sit down every full moon, full moon after full moon after full moon, and just keep on asking the full moon for a new partner, we become really out of balance in our lives. We neglect our physical well-being. We forget forget our intellectual pursuits, we forget our community contribution, we forget our spiritual contribution. So each full moon offers an opportunity for us to actually dive in and focus on one aspect. So Taurus is to do with our, our material and our financial abundance. Now this is a really interesting one because money has a really important role in life because it is a very interesting form of energy. And I know for some people, especially in the spiritual realm, money can be very much, oh, it's the root of all evil. And, you know, it brings the bad out in people. And you see what's happened with the world where the world's become corrupt with money. I want to propose a different idea of money, which is an amplifier of energy. From my experience with money and people with money, money is an amplifier. It allows good people to do more good and allows bad people to do more bad. And so how you feel about money is a really interesting in, in what abundance you can bring and what difference you can make in the world. Because every dollar we spend has an impact on how this world manifests. That's why for me, 
I seek abundance and I seek to, you know, obtain wealth and maintain wealth and that type of thing because I know that when I choose with my money to go to a farmer's market rather than a multinational big supermarket to buy my groceries, I'm supporting that way of life. I know when I choose doTERRA essential oils rather than a, a cheaper brand that maybe a chemist or that, I'm supporting oils that are sustainably sourced, environmentally consciously sourced and are helping people in countries far worse than my western country of australia here so we get to decide every time if we donate to this charity if we donate to that charity if we go to that restaurant or this restaurant that overall that is like that's more powerful than voting although please (laughs) if if you happen to have an election coming up in any of your countries or states definitely vote as well but we vote with our money as well because hey Let's say we all don't like a restaurant because of something they've done. If we stop going there, they go out of business. That's how we that's how we make change. If all of us suddenly, in a whole country, stopped going to a supermarket chain, very quickly they'd have to either change or they'd close down. So the only reason big companies are big and small companies are small is because of the impact and the importance that society overall has. So this is a great opportunity with the blue moon in Taurus for you to look at what would I like to manifest in the financial or the material way. Now, as a spiritual kind of exploration, you may be looking at money and going, well, these are totally polar opposites. But no, this money and finances and material possessions are part of our physical reality, obtaining physical um possessions i'm not saying that we need to have everything definitely not but i am saying that those things that you choose to experience and choose to have are experiences of the soul and whether that be traveling around the world and experiencing different things or whether it be living in a big house or whether it be not living in a big house or whether it be having a cat any of these things or having a certain crystal a rare expensive crystal all these different things are experiences that help us as an individual and us as a soul to grow and to evolve. And so feel at ease with bringing money into your life. So on the blue full moon, maybe as we're leading up to that, start to think about, okay, what would I like to manifest in my life? What, what changes would I like to see in that type of thing? Then what we do on the night of the blue moon, And this is, you can do this on any full moon, but I'm going to keep it really simple for this time. What I'd invite you to do is go outside and sit in a little sacred place. And if you've got the opportunity, maybe set up something beautiful, put a nice, you know, blanket down, put some, you know, even some nice food out there and sit under the moon if you can for quite a bit of time. One of the energies of the Taurian energy of Taurus is very much about sensual pleasures, And what I mean by that, it's not just, we're not referring to sexuality here necessarily. We're referring to things that please the senses. That is things that look nice, smell nice, taste nice, sound nice, and feel nice. And Taurians as individuals, those that are born under the sign of Taurus, often really delight in those things. They'll have beautiful houses and they'll spend significant um, money on developing and having something that is pleasing to their senses in their environment. So it is, you know, we all love being in a beautiful home or in a beautiful place or that type of thing and having these beautiful experiences. So bring that into the full moon. So kind of, you know, it's almost like have a lunar picnic if you can. Now, if you don't have a whole night, 
Remember that if you can't get out on the 31st of October, you could either do it on the 30th of October, or you can do it on the 1st of November. But even if you go out for 15 minutes, throw a blanket on the ground, eat some strawberries, do what I'm about to talk about, that's better than nothing. So take some time just to gaze at the moon. Just really connect with its energy and feel it kind of almost flowing down and pulsing through you. One thing I like to do is I'll actually kind of squint my eyes. And what you do, what happens when you squint your eyes is that you actually kind of see these beams from the moon reach out. And I actually kind of squint to the point where it feels like those beams are touching me. And I feel that there's this flow of energy between me and the moon. Sometimes I've noticed this doesn't happen all the time. I'd be interested to know if it happened to you. But I'll actually start either swaying backwards and forwards, like rocking, or sometimes just in a circle. And it's almost as though I'm absorbing that energy of the moon and holding it within me. Once you feel that you've connected with the moon, then what I want you to do is I just want you to think about what you would like to manifest. And if you can have that in one clear sentence, something that you're clear with and thus can send out clearly to the universe, that is absolutely amazing. So it may be, I want to have saved up in my bank account 50000 by the end of the year. Or I want to be able to pay off my credit card by January or something like that. Whatever that intention may be. If you just go, I'd like to be more abundant, then hey, an extra dollar than what you've got today is more abundant. Be really, really clear. And it doesn't have to be lofty. It can just be something small. And if you're kind of new to spirituality, you might just want to test the universe with something that you believe is, is, is quite possible with a little bit of help. You know, instead of going, oh, you know, from having no money and being in debt, I want to be a millionaire in the next 30 days. Well, you could try that, but it could just be, I want to find an extra $100 so that I can pay my phone bill on time this month. Whatever that may be for you, just start working with the universe. So at, what we do is we absorb that lunar energy into our body. And you can do it through that squinting technique that I said. You can just visualize or sense, or you can even do breath work where you breathe in and each breath in. It's drawing that lunar energy in. Then what we want to do, we've drawn all that lunar birthing, mothering energy that we've been talking about into our body. We then think about our intention and then we start to send that back out to the universe. That energy has been transmuted. It's kind of been tainted in a good way or um, encoded with our desire. And that goes out into the world. And then as the full moon starts to decrease or starts to wane and head towards the dark moon, this is our time of surrender. Surrender is not giving up and going, oh, whatever happens, happens. It's going, I've made my request. It's in the hands of the universe. Now all I have to do is stay in a vibrational match to what I want to attract. What do I mean by that? So let's just say that you want to bring in that abundance. How does that feel? to be abundant. Remember, we live in a, a feeling universe that responds to our vibrations and, and our and emotions and our feelings are our vibration. So you don't want to go, oh, well, I, d- I did my full moon thing, but <laughs> I'm probably going to be broke forever because I've never been good with money. The universe can't match that. It's going to bring things that resonate. So what we do is we want to hold that optimism, hold that hope, hold that faith, hold that energy in our lives and look for opportunities that will arise where we can possibly seize them and bring what we wanted into manifestation. Now, let's say that you were looking for that extra $100 for the phone bill. Hey, you may suddenly get a tax return or your phone company may realize that, oops, we overcharged you and here's a refund. Or someone may offer you some work. Or you may have to kind of look for it um, and do things, but just be open. 
What you don't want to do, and this is why we use the term surrendering, as the moon wanes, we look for um, what we want to do is we don't want to get fixed on. I want an extra $100 for my phone bill and I'm going to get it from my mother. Because then we narrow all the opportunities and we're not looking at other opportunities that might come for us. So that is kind of our job all the way down to the dark moon and to the new moon. And then what we do, like in that dark moon period, like a person, an individual at the end of their lives, we look at what worked, we look at what doesn't work, we take that wisdom, and then when we're reborn on the new moon, we start it again. And that is the cycle of life we're working with the moon. Of course, here on planet Earth, we have some amazing gifts of nature. And you know that my loves are crystals and essential oils. And crystals and essential oils are going to be perfect to bring in on this blue moon. And they're going to work as energetic anchors. So what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, with crystals, we know that crystals hold a vibration. They hold energy. This is why we cleanse a crystal after it's been used or when we buy it from the shops because we know that it's got some energy in it. I sometimes use the analogy of think of crystals like USBs and sometimes you just need to delete them so you start with them again. And you may want to cleanse some of your um, your more lunar kind of crystals, your violets, your clear, your white crystals out under the blue moon, even some of your indigo ones as well. But what we can also do during the full moon is we can program a crystal with that energy of feelingness, whatever we want to feel, And even when we're not thinking directly about that intention, by keeping that crystal near us, it is holding that vibration, it is holding that energy within it, and it will keep on sending that out, almost into our aura, like a radio transmitter. And yes, each day we want to spend some time, maybe in meditation, thinking about what we'd like to attract, or thinking about our goal, or looking for opportunities, or taking action to bring those opportunities into manifestation, but you've got this crystal Kind of sitting there like this little, it's like a radio tracker, sending these pulses out into the universe all the time. And this is the magic of crystals. With essential oils, we create an anchor as well, sometimes referred to as an aromatic anchor. I'm sure you've all smelt maybe lavender before and been reminded of your grandmother or smelt a fragrance that an ex used to wear and it brings back a memory. Well, by smelling a different essential oil during the blue moon exercise that we've been talking about and even breathing it in, as you're breathing in the moon's energy, you'll start to create a memory between that feeling you're feeling on that evening of the blue moon and that feeling or that emotion that you want to experience. So let's just say on the blue moon, you do your abundance work, you're feeling really good, you're feeling really hopeful, you anchor that in within essential oil. Then a week later, you get another bill and you're like, now I don't need 100, I need to find 200. This is not going well at all. You can bring that essential oil in Smelling that essential oil, either smelling it out of the bottle, popping a drop on your hand, anointing yourself or aromatically dressing in it or popping it in a diffuser, that's going to start to trigger memories of, hold on, take me back to how I was feeling in in that lunar energy and bring you back to that resonance. So do you see how these things work as really amazing anchors to take you back to that intention? So a good 15 minutes to, you know, up to a couple of hours, whatever time you spend out under the blue moon and working with your gifts of nature you're going to be able to really anchor in and keep drawing this back into your everyday life and your everyday spiritual practices. Now, you can basically use whatever crystal and whatever essential oil you want to use. That's totally up to you. But of course, I'm going to put my two bobs worth in and there's some special crystals and oils I want to talk about today that I think really resonate with that blue moon energy. So let's have a little look and dive into them.
The first crystal is a blue star sapphire. Now, what on earth is a star sapphire? Well, first of all, sapphires come in all the colors of the rainbow, minus red. When it's red, that crystal is called a ruby, but you can get orange sapphires and green sapphires, black sapphires, and probably the most well-known one is that blue sapphire. There are certain, a, a rare set of sapphires that are found in different locations around the world that when they're polished and when one direct light hits it, so it could be the sun, it could be the moon, it could just be a light inside, you'll see a six-rayed star pointing out. And as you move that crystal from side to side, that star will glide across the surface. Now, of course, as soon as we bring in a star energy into a crystal, that's going to lift it up into um, a higher vibration and a more magical purpose than just your general blue sapphires. So as we know, blue sapphires are very much about commitment and loyalty. They also do help with the intuition as well. But a blue star sapphire is very much about loyalty and commitment to your spiritual path. Of course, being blue as well has that connection to the blue moon um, energy. So if you can find yourself a blue star sapphire, these will help you to really get a clear vision on what you want to manifest. It'll also help you to stay committed to your goals and make sure that the goals that you're making are exciting and really in tune with what you want. Have you ever in your life set an intention? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to listen to a podcast every night or I'm going to do this or that. You make these resolutions and it wanes really quickly because your heart's just not in it. Well, Blue Star Sapphire will first give you the guidance and help you find what you truly want rather than what you feel you should do or what someone else wants you to do or it seemed like a good idea at the time. It really helps you connect in with the harder things and go, that's what I want to commit to. Blue Star Sapphires are often a great crystal for those that are light workers or spiritual leaders, and not necessarily that you're a priest or, or leading a spiritual group or anything, but just that as a spiritual individual, you set an example and it helps to secure your reliability, your honorability, and your integrity. So it really helps you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So this is a really nice one for bringing both. I love blue sapphires because I bring in that um, clarity of what do I want? How do I stick to it? And how do I best represent that? And how do I best use that out in the community as well? So, and they do have a bit of a link to the mythical being we're going to talk to talk about after the break. Talk to. I'm not doing an interview, unfortunately. <laughs> now, the second one is a black star diopside. So this is another crystal called diopside. Comes in a couple of different colors, mainly black and green. And the black ones can sometimes have a star on them as well. Again, you have this mystical type of energy that's really quite powerful. Black star diopsides are associated with science, mass, and also uh, sacred geometry and understanding how the world works. So it can really help us to get a, gain insight on this is my desire. How can I work within the space of this reality? How can I make changes in my practical life and in my spiritual life to make things happen? What I love about sacred geometry is everything is you know, nice and symmetrical and in order. And for you to be able to manifest, you need to get your life in order as well. Black Star Diopside can really help you to do that. Black Star Diopside is a really great emotional healer. Sometimes working with it, you may find that 
it can bring out sadness or grief, but this is grief that's been held within that hasn't been released because when we have hindering emotions, that obviously stops us from going forward. Now, remember before, I was also saying that we need to feel how we want to feel and carry that feeling on. Black Star Diopside helps us to do that. It really helps us connect in with our feminine or our yin side, regardless of our gender, and make sure that we're, we keep that feeling going, that our heart remains in what our desire is that we ask for on this blue moon. The other great thing about Black Star Diopside is it helps to bring out your personal X factor. So it helps you to be the best version of yourself. So we're talking about becoming a vibrational match. We're talking about lifting our vibration to be able to manifest what we want to do. And Black Star Diopside will really help you to do that as well. Now, one thing to note with the Black Star Diopside, because of the way that the crystal grows, it's very different to a star sapphire. And the star sapphire, you can tell, has six lines in the star or six points in the star or six rays from the point of the star. Black star diopside will just have the four, almost in a geometric cross. On the note of star crystals, so you do get this star effect in a variety of crystals. The sapphires, the diopsides, you get it in rubies, of course. You can get it in rose quartz and you can also get it in moonstones. So imagine this. Here we are, the epitome of crystals of the moon, moonstone having that star effect on it. Now these can be rather rare and hard to find, but if you do have one in your collection, this is definitely the time to get it out. You know, you may have heard me talk about white animals in the past and they represent the spiritual meaning of the general animal. So like a white tiger will represent the spiritual aspect of the tiger's message when we're looking at animal wisdom. Well, the star crystals bring out the spiritual aspect of that crystal as well. So here you have a crystal that normally in moonstone represents mothering, nurturing, intuition, fertility, luck, and abundance. And then you bring the star aspect. It's about that, that higher level. And this is the thing that we're talking about with money, especially before, and why star, uh, star moonstone sorry, would be so amazing for this full moon. Is it's about looking at our practical and our material and our financial life, but not from a point of view of having physical pleasures just but also from having a spiritual experience and making sure that we're manifesting not just out of a sense of greed or wanting to obtain or fill a hole within us that it seems empty, but more I want to manifest these things because I want to experience this. I want this to be part of my life journey and that resonates with my soul and Star Moonstone will really help with that. The final crystal that I wanted to touch on today that resonates really beautifully with the blue full moon is probably one of the most spiritual in this kind of blue shading crystals, and that is tanzanite. So tanzanite is a crystal that was found in Namibia in 1967, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, that's the only place in the world that it's found, and you will actually find it in some jewelry stores. It's a beautiful it, it, it's somewhere between an indigo and a violet kind of color, kind of that deep blue and violet stunning stone. And this is a really great one for, again, enhancing your intuition. But what I love about Tanzanite as well, and why I think it's really great, especially for what we've been talking about, is it's sometimes nicknamed the workaholic stone. And what it does is that allows us to slow down and to reprioritize. So... I think as a society, I could generalize, and this may not apply specifically to you, but many of us are workaholics or put a lot of emphasis on what we do for our occupation, sometimes at the detriment of our family or our physical well-being or different aspects of our lives. 
And so tanzanite really helped you. And it's interesting when we look at what's happening in COVID, um, this pandemic, there has been a reprioritization of, oh, wow. I realize when my health has been at risk or some things, you know, I've spent more time with my family or I don't have money or whatever these things are. One thing I've noticed when I've done my private readings for people, a lot of people have, a, have had a recalibration of priorities and tanzanite really is going to help that as well. So working with this crystal is going to help you bring in divine knowledge, bring in divine guidance, bring in inspiration and in how to achieve your goals on the blue full moon. And then carrying that crystal or having that crystal near you is going to help you maintain what is actually truly important to you when those demands, and I have noticed as different places um, come out of lockdowns, come out of quarantines, different things like that, and life returns to somewhat normal, that there's this real trend to go back to how we were in 2019. And Tanzanite almost kind of anchors you and goes, whoa, 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 come back. We learned a lesson. Let's maintain those priorities. Let's slow down and let's dedicate our energy where we need to. So those are four crystals that really resonate with the blue full moon. What I've done there as well is I've just listed four rather rare crystals. And you might be going, Adam, that was fascinating, but I don't have any of them. What I'd recommend is, as I recommend with any full moon, follow your intuition. And those crystals are great if you've got them or if you want to source them by the blue full moon. But any lunar crystal so any clear or white crystal or even any violet or indigo or blue crystal you know some more um general crystals or common crystals things like blue lace agate would be beautiful lapis lazuli would be great just a normal white or rainbow moonstone would be great any of them are going to be fine as well so once you've chosen your crystal that you want to work with we've talked about what we're going to do we're going to bring that lunar energy and then we're going to send it out to the universe but also as you're doing that Hold the crystal in the hand that you write with. So most of us, that will be our right hand. If you're a left-hander, it will be your left. And as you're sending that, you know, that desire out into the world that we are talking about before, also send some of that desire into that crystal. And that crystal will hold on to that. And then keep that crystal by your side, at least until the new moon. But even beyond that, if those financial goals haven't fully manifested yet. And that's going to help to anchor that in and work as that radio transmitter constantly sending out the desires into the world, but also bringing in those different special attributes that I listed as well to help keep you on track and keep you in alignment, both behavioral wise and also in a vibrational way so that what you have asked for on the blue moon, you can actually bring into your life. So let's also look at some essential oils that would be absolutely amazing at this time. The first oil I want to discuss would definitely be jasmine essential oil. Jasmine essential oil, if you've heard me talk about full moons, you'll hear me talk about this a lot. And the reason I talk about jasmine a lot is any plant that has a white flower has a strong connection to the moon. The colored flower of a plant connects it to a different planet. And so white is the moon. For example, other examples are yellow, a mercury, pink, a Venus, red, a Mars, and so on. So when we get an essential oil, not just from a plant that has a white flower, but actually from the white flower, that is a strong lunar energy, a strong full moon energy. And jasmine would have to be one of the most beautiful. The smell of jasmine essential oil. If you've had the privilege of smelling just a, a jasmine flower or smelling the actual um, essential oil, it's almost hypnotic. It's magical. And it's quite interesting. The jasmine flower 
is one that in my book the gifts of the essential oils where i explore the things that we talk about in this podcast each week and the magical aspects of the oils we have genderized each of the essential oils to kind of help personify them a bit more and we have you know rose as a female whereas cedarwood might be male and so on and jasmine is a real kind of hard one to um to genderize not that we need to give a gender it's just to kind of help people to grow their relationship with those essential oils that's why we chose to do it but jasmine is sometimes referred to as the king of flowers but also has you know being a flower is also has a very feminine queenly princess type of energy as well and what myself and my co-author vanessa jean realized is that the merging of these two um energies together is what makes jasmine so amazing Jasmine is very much about the emer- the merging of the masculine and the feminine to create. And when we talk about women birthing a child, but without a man or the input of a man, she can't do that. We need to bring in our intuition and our magical abilities, but we also need to have that power of the masculine energy that is expansive and progressive. Because if something is just an idea, a guidance from the feminine, It's not going to do anything if there's no drive to send it forward. And that's what the masculine brings in. And Jasmine helps to merge those two. So on a real practical level, Jasmine is beautiful for allowing us to appreciate the magic in life. It's an aphrodisiac oil, so it's really great for merging you and your lover and feeling a deeper connection as well. But on a magical level, that connection with the moon because of the white flower really helps us to manifest what we want. So this is a really beautiful one. And every full moon, I will have Jasmine in my diffusers. I'll be anointing myself with it because it is very relaxing as well. It helps me to slow down and enjoy the full moon. And it's just such a, that that magical aroma really helps us capture the magic of the night of the full moon, especially on a blue full moon. The next essential oil that I'm going to recommend is yarrow. Now, when I was studying essential oils and as I continue my to deepen my knowledge with essential oils, I love to go back and look at knowledge from our ancestors from great cultures and great civilizations in the past that worked really harmoniously with plants in different ways. And what I have, what I feel within is that these people would dedicate a lot of passion into understanding these plants and they didn't have the distractions that we have in modern life. So I would actually say that they were wiser and knew more about plant knowledge and that type of thing than we do today. And even, you know, there's been, with this magical knowledge, there's been great libraries that have been burnt down. There's been the burning times where many women with magical abilities were slaughtered. You know, we've, we've lost a lot of this magical um, wisdom, but hopefully, bit by bit, we'll regain that again, and that will come back through. But anything that's kind of stood the test of time is really interesting and really powerful to me. What I generally notice when it comes to whether crystals or essential oils the knowledge tends to be universal. So for example, rubies were used for the same thing in the West and the East, even before they were trading. Now, yarrow essential oil is an exception to this rule. And before I explain this a little bit, I do just want to put a word of warning about yarrow. You do have to be very careful about where you're sourcing your yarrow essential oil from. Yarrow essential oil can have a neurotoxin in it, which can be rather dangerous for us to use. So the only yarrow essential oil I use is the one from doTERRA. It comes diluted in a pomegranate seed oil, and pomegranates actually represent the cycles of birth 
life, death, and rebirth. And so I really love that magical aspect of the pomegranate seed oil in there. And it doesn't have that neurotoxin in it because of the way it was safely distilled. So just be really careful how you're getting your, um, or where you're getting your yarrow essential oil from. And however you're going to be using it on the full moon, if you are using a yarrow essential oil, follow the supplier's directions on safe usage. It is there, you know, local governments and federal governments will make sure that people that are selling things tell people how to safely use them. So follow that guidance. Now, back to yarrow as a plant. In the West, it was associated with the warrior Achilles. It was used for protection. It was used for healing. Um, it was used for that kind of warrior-esque energy. Now, in the East, however, the stalks of the yarrow plant was used as a um, in the I Ching, which is a form of divination that you may have heard of. It was also considered to be the plant that had most balance between the yin and the yang. It also has a white flower, which connects it to the moon as well. So let's tie all this in together. We've got this warrior. We've got this healing. It does have a purging energy to it. It has a divination energy to it. Um, and it has a, um, a balance and a harmonious energy to it. The other amazing thing about yarrow is when it's distilled, it has, something happens and this chemical component forms called shimazuline, which is a deep indigo blue. Perfect for our full moon and perfect for our third eye chakra. So I love to anoint yarrow essential oil. And the one that doTERRA has is amazing on the skin. I find really regenerative in the skin. The pomegranate seed oil is really great for that as well. A couple of drops of that in with your night moisturizer. Stunning. And people have really found even like, um, they've noticed a regeneration of their hand. That's the feet, like their hands have rubbed it into their hands and they just, they look more youthful and more lively and more vibrant again. But on this energetic level, you bring in all these different aspects. Warrior, defense, healing, purging, divination, balance. And this is, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the light workers and Archangel Michael. And Yarrow is really that energy of balancing and harmonizing yourself and then getting clear on what you're here to do and manifesting that. You know, for me personally, if I can share a little bit about why I'm so um, passionate about wanting to increase my income, is I can't understand how I'm sitting in a little house talking into a chunk of metal in Perth, Western Australia in the hills, and you are somewhere else in the world listening with another chunk of metal and bits of plastic to what I'm saying whenever you want, wherever you want, as many times as you want. That's magical for me. But at the same time, as, we're, as I'm recording this podcast, and as you listen to this podcast, two elephants will be killed by men with archaic, simple rifles. An elephant is killed every 30 minutes on average. And I can't understand how we can send my voice so that you can listen to this podcast, but we can't stop people killing elephants. And that really upsets me. So my goal in life is to educate people about the gifts of nature and to then generate enough income to then focus and stop the senseless killing of animals, not only just in Africa, but all around the world, and to conserve them for generations and generations to come. So for me, Yarrow really helps me come in to what is not serving me. Let's get rid of that. Let's protect me. That real light worker. What am I here? How am I here to make this world a better place? And so when we're looking at this full moon in Taurus, which is about generating income, it's not just about so I can buy a nice jacket. It's about how can I make this world a better place by directing the value that I am in 
possession of, the money that I'm in possession of, to things that matter to me, that things that will make this world a better place. And Yarrow will really help you to do that. You see where I get really passionate about that? Plus it makes me more beautiful. That's got to be a bonus as well. Now you may be sitting there going, oh, well, I don't actually know what I want to do. And so there's actually another oil that is physically blue and it's called blue tansy. Now blue tansy is actually gifted to us from a yellow flowered plant. But when we distill this one as well, it's part of the chamomile family and you get that shimazulin as well, a really deep blue. An almost sustaining blue. You can mix this one with your night moisturizer and your face may be blue. You may look like a smurf. It's quite fun um, for about half an hour. And then it d- dissolves and disappears. But it's really good. And being chamomile, it's really nice and soothing for your skin. The gift of blue tansy is the gift of your dreams. It allows us to relax, to connect with our dreams, and also realize that we are allowed to dream. And dreaming is not just this, it's not fantasizing of, oh, I wish one day this would happen, but it's to connect with what really resonates with us and what would we like to bring into manifestation. Bhutansi also helps us relax and find ways that we can start to bring our dreams into our lives and opens up avenues to help us to feel comfortable that it's okay to pursue our dreams. When I think of Bhutansi, I think of a, a friend and a colleague of mine who's been very successful in life. She came from a high socioeconomic family and has married someone who is from a similar kind of financial basis. They've, they've got a beautiful house that overlooks the beach, you know, all these kind of great things. And she's been very successful on paper and if you just look at her from a surface level, she, because I guess there's always been that drive to continue on and be successful as she's come from that family. But at the same time, she actually doesn't like blue tansy. She really doesn't like that. And if you've heard that podcast where I talked about why we don't like the smell of oils, that suggests that there's an emotional imbalance in there. And when we don't like blue tansy, it's because we don't feel comfortable following our dreams. And something tells me with this individual that, that this successful picture-perfect life that she has doesn't fulfill her and is empty. And there's some dreams in there. And I actually think that she hasn't actually relaxed and given herself space to look at what she'd actually like to do rather than what she should do. So if you're not clear on what your dreams are, if you're like, I don't know what I want to manifest, and wow, Adam, you want to save animals around the world, and I, I don't know what I want to watch for on TV tonight, let alone what I want to do in this lifetime, then try working with Blue Tansy and bringing that on the full moon. It's a really magical one in that way. And again, mix it with your night moisturizer, rub it into your face, and you're going to look like a Smurf, which is always fun. You'll, you'll be a blue moon face. And... You can also, you know, it'll, its energy will work with your energy as well. One other essential oil that you may want to work with that's really beautiful is good old Roman chamomile. Now, the gift of Roman chamomile is gentleness. And we've been talking about some very high-impact crystals and essential oils and that type of thing. And if you just want to relax into it and you like that more peaceful kind of energy, then Roman chamomile is absolutely amazing. Roman chamomile, again, has that white flower but it also has that yellow center, which has a bit of a solar and also a mercury energy as well. But it's about finding that gentleness and creating from a space of gentleness rather than that um, space of like vigor and vitality and rah, and let's go get it and that type of thing, which is can be one approach, but we can also do it from a more gentle approach as well. Working with Roman chamomile will help us to be more gentle on other people. 
And I'm sure you've found if you try and pressure other people or nag other people, it rarely gets things done or you get a lot of resistance. Sometimes a gentle nudge is more powerful than a shove. Is what Roman chamomile teaches us. Roman chamomile also teaches us to be more gentle on the earth and helps us consider our impact and our daily habits and what impact that is having on the greater environment. And most importantly, Roman chamomile is about being gentle with yourself. And as we're setting intentions and as we're doing all this work, we want to make sure that it's pleasurable and that this is, I'm not... This podcast is not putting another thing that you have to do on the 31st and cram into your calendar. Relax into it. And so this one can be a really beautiful one as well. So what I love about all these different essential oils that I've talked about, with jasmine, with yarrow, with blue tansy, and with Roman Kalmar, is each of them also have a slight masculine tint to them. So we talked about jasmine having that bit of a masculine energy, sometimes being referred to as the king of the oils. Yarrow has that connection to Achilles and that warrior energy, and in the East it is seen as having a balance between masculine and feminine, or yang and yin energy. Blue Tansy has that link to the god Zeus and a male lover of his Ganymede, um, and also the star sign Aquarius. And then you've got Roman Camel with that little yellow centre in it that kind of has that solar or Mercurian energy as well. So when we're looking at the moon, remember that the moon shines brightly because of the light of the sun. And although it's a feminine energy, it is that acknowledgement that that masculine energy comes in and allows, it's the merging of the two that allows the feminine to also be great. So we're not going to get into a battle today about whether men or women are better or whether women need men or any of that kind of jazz, but just know that when these two energies merge together, that is when the magic really happens. And that is where we get the magical full moon. The moon is always there and always magical, but when she is reflecting the full light of the sun, that is when she is at her brightest. So merging the masculine and feminine in our work, in who we are, and in these four essential oils, they're really potent essential oils. And all these essential oils, um, apart from blue tansy, have white flowers, so they have that strong connection to the moon. So really beautiful. So you can aromatically anchor in with any of them, smelling them while you're doing that breath technique with the full moon. And that can really help to, you know, bring that, um, you know, each night when you put your moisturizer on and put either blue tansy or yarrow on, or each night when you put Roman chamomile on, or during the day when you diffuse or anoint yourself in jasmine, it can anchor you back as well. One little side note I will say before we dive into the break, we've been talking about money and feeling worthy of money. A few weeks ago, I talked about a new oil that doTERRA released as a limited edition called bergamot mint. And bergamot mint is really good for helping us feel worthy of holding on to value and if you are someone who tends to receive money but money goes out really quickly it seems you're out of control of your money or you can't keep hold of your money or you can't direct your money properly bergamot mint could be another one to bring in in this case as well so we're going to take a short break and as i promised we're going to dive into a mythical being that has a strong connection to the blue moon and this may be an added little extra you want to add into your blue moon practice at the end of this month. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barraday. Back soon. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barraday. This week we are exploring the blue moon. Not when the moon is turning blue on the 31st of October, but it is the second full moon in a month, which is a rare occasion, but seen as a magical and rather auspicious occasion as well. 
I've been teasing and touting you all the episodes so far that I'm going to talk about a mythical being that has a strong connection to the blue full moon. And that's what we're going to explore now. The mythical being that I am referring to is the unicorn. So what is a unicorn? I want you to think for a second about humanity's relationship with animals. And I want you to think about what animal has helped us to evolve most and become what we are today. Now, when we think about animals that are important to humanity, we may think about dogs. Dogs have been man's best friend and been constant companions for many, many years. Cats. Well, cats have been around. They were great in Egypt. They used them for um, you know, keeping rid of... Um, they're keeping their grain stores nice and safe from mice. They've been, you know, even converted into deities such as Bast. Um, they've been an accompaniment of the wish and the wise and witches and medicine women to tune into spiritual energies and all that type of thing. So cats have been really important and very magical in that kind of way. And we probably cats and dogs, are, most of us would have a pet in the home and it would be a cat or a dog. But I want you to think about horses for a moment. Horses have helped humanity in so many different ways. They've helped with travel. They've helped with work and agriculture and farming. They've helped in warfare. They've helped in recreation these days. And these days they even play a really important role in healing, emotional healing. And there's some people doing some amazing work around the world using horses and people that have gone through different types of trauma to rebuild trust in different ways. So there is this theory, and I, it really resonates with me, that just like humans and the human soul that goes through different incarnations and learns different lessons, horses also do the same. And if you've had experience with horses, whether it's just the occasional feeding a carrot or horse at a farm or something like that, or you've even ridden horses uh, like I have, what I've noticed is there seems to be kind of like people, and forgive my rudeness in this, but some horses are just, they're, they're kind of simple, they're plain, they do what they need to do. But there's some horses, like some people, even children, young children, when you look in their eyes, there's a wisdom there. There's a knowledge that goes beyond this lifetime and looks like that soul has experienced much beforehand. And the idea is, is that a horse that has gone through many incarnations upon this planet eventually evolves to understand ultimate truth. And thus, they become a unicorn. Now, we know the unicorn is represented by that horn, that spiral horn coming out of their forehead, coming out of their third eye chakra. Is that a beam of light bringing in that wisdom and you know sending that wisdom back out into the universe? Or is that an actual horn? But that is that knowledge. And unicorns, of course, are renowned for their ability to heal. Healing is that knowledge of how the universe works, how to bring things back into balance, how to bring things back into harmony, and thus can do that. The unicorns are renowned for being able to use their horns and gently touching them on people to bring them back to full health, or placing them in um, contaminated or polluted soil, or brooks and water, and the water cleansing itself and cleaning itself and becoming pure again. So unicorns have this amazingly healing energy. And they also come to give us guidance and wisdom because they know how the world works, that ultimate truth. Of course, the other thing that a horse can learn is unconditional love. And this 
transcends them into becoming a pegasus where they have their wings flying from their chest flying from their heart the back of their heart and enabling them to fly in that way so these are the two types of ascended horses today we're going to look at the unicorn a little bit when it's a blood moon that's when i tend to work with the pegasus energy but this is definitely a unicorn energy moon so a little bit about unicorns first where do we go when we want to kind of interact with unicorns or maybe connect with unicorns well they're often sighted or experienced in quiet and natural places often near babbling brooks or gentle streams they tend to be around as well definitely in nature they also have a reputation for having a love a, sorry a love of apples so an apple orchard is a really great place to find them as well now one thing, whenever you want to work with unicorn energy or connect with unicorns, they are renowned for disliking fire, perfume, and all animal products. So you definitely don't want to be wearing anything leather, and ideally even practice a bit of veganism in preparation to your meeting with unicorns as well. You may want to bring in um, different unicorn um Crystals, and I find, you know, the Blue Star Sapphire resonates really well with Unicorn. I find also the Black Star Sapphire does, as does Azurite. Azurite is another royal blue crystal which has this amazing power of bringing in your noble self or your regal self. So that's a really strong one connected to Unicorns. As is Selenite, which is amazing. It's, you know, Selenite is named after Selene, who's a lunar goddess. So it has that lunar energy and really um, great for connecting with that unicorn energy as well. You can actually, it is carved into, um, you can get Selenite carved into a unicorn horn spiral. And they can be kind of cool for connecting with the unicorn energy as well. So holding them can be really cool. Um, you can make yourself... Um, you know, a unicorn blend possibly as well. Um, what I tend to do when I'm making unicorn blends is I will get really simple oils, like just one drop of frankincense, one drop of rose, and one drop of sandalwood. Um, and that works really well for me. Um, again, we don't want those artificial perfumes, but using all natural essential oils can be really good. And just kind of anoint yourself in these. Now, if you can go and sit in those places in nature or in an apple orchard, sit quietly where you're not gonna be disturbed, and place an apple, and if possible, a piece of holly in front of you as well. This is also renowned for attracting unicorns. Anoint your forehead, your wrists, and your ankles with your unicorn blend. So that frankincense, sandalwood, and rose. And then take your unicorn crystal and hold it to your third eye chakra. Now, rather than speaking aloud, we wanna use telepathy. Unicorns have a very gentle and kind of serene energy. And send your request out to the unicorn, out via your mind. It's going, unicorn, I'm here, I'd like to meet you. Now, sometimes when unicorns are around, the sound of soft tinkling bells can be heard. Your unicorn may appear in a meditation as you keep your eyes closed, or may come in a dream later, or you may just sense the energy nearby. As this, your spiritual vibration increases and you gain the ability um, to connect with unicorn, you may actually have visions or see unicorns. Um, and then basically, this is your chance to also ask unicorn, what guidance do you have for me? What, what do I need to know? Or how do I find healing? Maybe you've got something that's troubling you and you're, it's persistent and you can't find a solution for it. Ask unicorn to help you with that as well. Um, unicorns 
are also renowned for granting soul wishes. So not please can I, you know, win the football tipping competition at work, but things that are really going to help you or along your soul path, um, that those that will satisfy you deeply and help fulfill your path of service. So you also want to be very clear and very certain about what you request of Unicorn as well. So this is something that you can do in your full moon practice is, you know, if you can't get out into a natural space or if you can't, you don't have an apple orchard nearby, then just sitting out under the blue moon. This is a really great time that resonates with the unicorn energy. Sit there and close your eyes and do a bit of a unicorn meditation. Maybe make that blend of the fr one drop of frankincense, one drop of rose, one drop of sandalwood um, and bring, bring that energy in. Ask and close your eyes. Visualize unicorn coming in front of you. And if unicorn could speak to you, what would unicorn say? Ask the unicorn to give you healing. Ask the unicorn to give you signs and different things like that. Now, if you're like, yeah, unicorns are a bit too way out for me, Adam. You've lost me there. This is meant to be about things we find on planet Earth. Well, let me talk about the unicorns that are still on Earth. They're known as the narwhals. Spelt N A R. W-H-A-L. Now, narwhals are, I guess if I was to describe them, they look kind of like a, a small whale or a dolphin, probably. Um, and they have one elongated tooth that actually goes through and comes out of their forehead, and they actually have the unicorn horn. They are found in the Arctic waters around Greenland, Canada, and Russia. Now, legend has it that unicorns that once resided and lived quite abundantly in Atlantis when Atlantis started to fall and was victim of the Great Flood, that the unicorns didn't want the magic and the wisdom that was held within that horn to go, to be lost on this planet Earth. And so it was gifted, the horns were gifted to the narwhals to be the guardians of that knowledge as well. So if you feel more comfortable connecting with an animal that actually is present on our physical reality, then seeing narwhal and doing meditation with narwhal can also help to access that unicorn wisdom as well. Uh, narwhals, just as a side note, are endangered animals, so if you're passionate, like I am, about conserving animals, making any donations that would actually help with the narwhal energy can be a really great thing to do as well. So, we have a very exciting time coming up on the 31st of October. Um, although you may have been getting some cheap you know, ghost or ghoul costume ready, Maybe I've changed your mind on how to spend that evening and maybe you're going to take advantage of the blue full moon instead. This is a really great time for us to set some goals about what we want to do, manifest work with some really powerful crystals, some really powerful energies, and also bring in that unicorn energy and have that interaction with the unicorn. Now, we often talk about having different guides, whether we have guardian angels, whether we have um, you know ascended masters, whether our ancestors around us, even totem animals and that type of thing. But there's no reason why you can't have a guide that is your personal unicorn as well. And maybe this is um, the, the first interaction you're going to have with your unicorn guide that you can call upon whenever you have need. So enjoy the full moon. Remember to check out in the show notes as um, after the show finishes that I've popped um, some links. I popped the dates where you can look at and a link that where you can look at all the dates for exact times of when Halloween is. And we're going to dive into that next week a lot more and all those different things. If you're interested in doing my online course where we do dive into working with the moons, working with crystals, essential oils, and there's a dash of unicorn magic in there as well. I've got the link to that. The moon course that's coming up, 
I've got a link to that that'll be available soon. And you can that's not available yet. I'm going to have that out in probably oh, two or three weeks, I'd say. Um, but if you subscribe to my newsletter at adambarrelay.com, you'll get notification of that. Plus, I've got some lots of exciting online courses happening in 2021. Another one I'm doing with Vanessa Jean, who wrote my Gifts of Essential Oils book with me. We're doing one that's a year-long one. You have a one class a month, and we look at what's happening astrologically and what oils and crystals and moon magic you can bring in for that month. So it's kind of like a prep for the month, and you get a calendar with that as well. So that's called Rise of the Phoenix, and there's some information on my newsletter about that as well. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode. I'd also really, if I can make one final request of you, if you get a chance, leaving a five-star um, rating and a review really helps me to get the word out um, to other people. And so if you feel that what I share each week is of value to the greater community and you'd like more people to hear it, then that's one little thing you can do that will actually really help as well. But enjoy the blue full moon. They only happen every few years or so, so it's a rarity. And this is the best time to connect with that unicorn magic. So I hope you have a blessed blue full moon. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarrelay.com. Find me under Adam Barrelay at YouTube and Instagram as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barrelate on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.